Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you for listening to Guerrilla Christianity, an unconventional, no-apologies exposition of God's grace. I'm Pastor Brett Walker. Jesus told us that we are to deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Him. In this day and age, however, we are so far removed from crucifixion as a means of execution that we don't fully understand the weight of His words. Today we take an in-depth look at what it means to deny ourselves, and why we need to take up our cross, our instrument of execution, daily. So grab your Bible, turn it to Mark chapter 8, and prepare your heart and mind as we examine our misdirected hearts. And now please take out your Bibles, either the ones that you brought with you or the ones in the pews, and turn in them with me to the book of Mark chapter 8, uh, verses... 31 through uh, 38, and it's on page 44 of the Pew Bible, if you're following along in the Pew Bible. We are continuing in Lent. This is the second Sunday in Lent. And as we are going through this Lenten season, we are looking at discipleship and what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Uh, Lent is a season of fasting, of repentance, of denying ourselves, And today, Christ reminds us what it means to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow Him. So let us hear the words of the Lord for us this morning. Then He began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when He comes in the glory of His Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, source of all light by Your Word, You give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be open to know Your truth and to Your way. Amen. What does it mean to deny ourselves? Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow Him. Three very distinct instructions in this uh, instructions that He gives to His disciples. But what does it mean to deny ourselves? To deny ourselves. In our culture, we are told that the most important person in the world is ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. We are constantly told that we have to take care of our bodies, that we have to be fit and we have to eat right. So we have to take care of ourselves. 
And we owe it to ourselves to sort of splurge every once in a while. As that, that great motto says, you deserve a break today. You deserve a break today. You can get it your way at Burger King. And you deserve a break today, so go to McDonald's. But what does it mean to deny ourselves? In this society, we're not told what it means to deny ourselves. We're told to give ourselves whatever we want. There's commercials on TV for diamond jewelers and, and, and things, and they say, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to take care of yourself. When you go out Christmas shopping... Buy a little something for yourself. Take care of yourself. But here Jesus is telling us to deny ourselves. Deny ourselves. The fact of the matter is, this earthly vessel that we carry with us today, one day will be in the ground. It'll be gone. But we will carry on. We live forever. God promises us eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. So to what do we owe an allegiance? To this, this mortal coil, as Shakespeare put it? Or do we owe our very lives, our very spirits, our very souls to the One who gave us life? To our God, who scooped us out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into us. Before I was a Christian, uh, many, many years ago, I was an, an active drug addict. I struggled with my drug addiction, addiction to alcohol and drugs. And I thought to myself, you know, I wish people would leave me alone because people were bugging me. You should probably stop drinking so much. You should stop using drugs. And I would say, I'm not bugging you. You know, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. That's not true. I was hurting everybody around me. The problem is, and what I've come to find out through programs like uh, Narcotics Anonymous is that I was born with that nature. I was, I was born with that in me, in my DNA. And I know this to be true because my whole family on my mother's side are alcoholics, drug addicts. You know, I have two cousins who have lost their lives because of drug addiction. My mother was an alcoholic for years. She got sober about four years before I did. My grandfather, he was sober the last 30 years of his life. Praise be to God for that. But it wasn't until I was ready to put the drugs down and the alcohol down and to say, okay, this is how I need to live. Now, myself, my flesh, my my who I am inside to this day 21 years later it's been 20, 21 years 
since I've had a drink or a drug. And to this day, I still struggle with that because it's in my nature. It is my nature to use drugs. It is my nature to drink alcohol. But I deny myself so that I can live a better life. I don't need it. I don't need a glass of champagne on on New Year's Eve. I don't need a glass of champagne at a wedding. I'll go to a wedding and I'll ask them if I can get a, a flute of a, a champagne flute filled with ginger ale instead. I don't need it. In fact, it's better if I don't. Myself wants it, but I deny myself. I want to look at this text today. Verse 31, it says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Where does this notion come from? What is it that that Jesus is teaching His disciples? Where do we hear that Jesus must suffer? Well, we hear about it in Isaiah chapter 53. One of the great um, prophecies in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. It actually begins in Isaiah 52. It says, See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up and shall be very high. Just as there were many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they shall see. And that which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him? He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with pain. When you make his life an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring and shall prolong his days. 
Through him, the will of the Lord will prosper. Out of his anguish, he shall see light. He shall find satisfaction through knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured himself out to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah wrote these words over 700 years before Jesus was even born. But this passage is unmistakably about the Christ and His suffering for us. So Jesus was reminding His disciples of this very passage. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter, who just two verses before this, proclaimed Jesus to be the the Messiah. When, When Jesus asked him, Who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. In another account, we are told that Jesus says, Your name was Simon. And now your name is Peter, Petros. You were a pebble, and now you are a rock. And on this rock I will build my church, and Hades shall not come against it. That's what he said to Peter. And two verses later, what does he say to him? As Peter begins to rebuke him, he takes Jesus aside and he says, Don't tell people that you've got to die. That's just going to bring everybody down. Not you, Lord. You'll never die. You're the Messiah. I remember I just said you're the Messiah. The anointed one of God. You're going to lead your people back. You're going to free Israel. You're going to be our king. He had his mind set on the things of the earth. He had his mind misdirected. His heart was misdirected. He was thinking of success in human terms, of freedom, of liberation in human terms, not knowing that Jesus came to liberate all the world, everyone. Not from the oppressors of Rome, but from the oppression of sin and death. Christ came to free us from that. And so Jesus turned to Peter and he rebuked him and said, Get behind me, Satan, the very man that, whose name he had just given him, Peter, Petros, the rock. Now he says, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Peter, he wanted his his Lord to be successful. But for Jesus, success meant hanging on the cross. And it just didn't make any sense to anyone. In fact, they didn't understand it until after the resurrection. 
And that's what we're going forward to in this Lenten season. We're going towards the resurrection of Easter. In verse 34 it says, He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone have become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Take up your cross. Take up your cross. In, in this society today, 2,000 years later, we don't think anything of those words, to take up your cross. I carry with me a, a small wooden cross. I can get it into my pocket through this robe. It has little holes in it so I can get it into my pocket. Okay, so I carry this little wooden cross with me to remind myself that I am to take up my cross. As it says in the Gospel of Luke, to take up my cross daily, not just once, but every day to take up my cross. To carry this with me to remind myself of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. You see, the cross isn't just some pretty piece of jewelry or a, a, an ornamented piece of wood. But it is an instrument of execution. That's what it is. If Jesus came to us today and said, you must be executed daily. Well, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I be executed daily? I only really need to be executed once and then usually it sticks after that. But it's not about being executed. It's about putting to death your self, your who you are as a human being, the human nature. Putting it to death, dying to self, as it were, is what Paul said. We must die to ourselves. Put to death our old nature and then follow Jesus. Do what he did. Live as he lived. He was our example. He was our Savior in every sense of the word. He didn't just save us bodily. He saved our spirits, our very souls from an eternal punishment. And now we are given a promise of eternal glory. And it's such a difference between the two. He says to take up your cross, deny yourself, deny who you want to be. And we think, well, there's no freedom in that. There's no freedom in that. When I came to Christ, I believed in my heart that I could go on being the same person that I was when I came to Christ. And in fact, I never really made any attempt to change who I was. Except that I gave my whole life to Jesus. I said to Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the one who directs my footpath. You are the one. And as I go on that path, if I turn to the right or to the left, you correct me. You bring me back. You can be that voice behind me that says, this is the way. Walk in it. And I listen, and I obey. Not always, not perfectly. I still stray from the path. I'm not going to lie. 
It's hard. It's hard to live in this world and not be tempted. I'm thankful that during the Lenten season, that Sundays don't count. Now, I, I say that we, we count the Lenten season as 40 days. From Ash Wednesday until Easter. But the Sundays don't count. Why? Because every Sunday is like a little Easter. And so if you give up something like chocolate, Sunday's your day you can have a little chocolate. A little. This morning I had donuts for breakfast. Maple bacon donuts. (laughs) Thank God it's Sunday. Okay, so... (laughs) Anyway, but we deny ourselves... We turn away from the person that we used to be. You know, like I said, I, 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 I never made a conscious decision to change who I was. But I gave Jesus the reign of my life. And I, I don't mean that He... Well, He reigns like a king. But I mean, he, I gave Him the reins, you know, like a horse. You lead me. Like the song says, Where He leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him all the way. And over time, I've come to see that the person I am today is nothing like the person that I was when I came to Christ. And that's good. That's a good thing. I used to be in a punk rock band. The other day, I I found one of my old CDs and I, I put it in and I was listening to it and I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I forgot that I used, to, I used to be that guy. You know? But that's okay. That's okay. Just as I am, I came to Christ. And Christ said to me, you can continue on. Just give me the reins of your life and I'll direct your path. And that's what He does. That's what He does. He says, those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the Gospel will save it. He's talking about a difference between an earthly life and an eternal life. See, we live on this earth for... 80, 90, 100 years. You know, Mildred Bell of, of Pittman just this past week passed away. She was 108 and a half. That half is very important. 108 and a half. Wow. But that is such a, a tiny little piece of time. And, uh, you know, to you young people, you think 108 years, that's forever, right? But to me, well, I'm not quite halfway there, but, you know, I'm almost, I'm getting there. But it's such a small piece of time compared to all eternity. You know, if, if, if the 108 years was this pen, right? And I put this pen, let me illustrate this is a, 
I don't always plan these things out, but you know, I put this pen over here, okay? I'm going to need that later, but I'm just going to put it over there. Now, if that pen represents all 108 years that Mildred Bell lived, imagine what it looks like from over here. From there to here is only the beginning of the eternity that she will live now in God's glory. The beginning. It doesn't end here. It goes on out the window. It keeps going on forever and ever and ever. And that pen looks tiny from here. But we live our lives as if this was it. We live our lives like this is all there is. We live our lives for the pen. Really wish I had planned it out because I could have gotten something better than a pen. But we don't live for that eternity. Why? Because we live in the moment. Because we listen to advertisements that say, take care of yourself today. You deserve a break today. But instead of living for today, why don't we live for eternity? Why don't we live our lives as if this isn't the end? It isn't. I would much rather store up my treasures in heaven than to store up my treasures on earth where moth can get to it and rust, corrosion, where thieves can steal it. Store up my treasures in heaven where I'm going to spend the rest of all eternity. He says, What will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? People have tried for eons to get the whole world. You know, every James Bond villain, Dr. Evil, if you will, you know, they want to rule the whole world. Fine, rule the whole world. What happens when you die? Can't take it with you. I would rather be a servant on earth so that I may live eternity in heaven. Be a servant to God, to deny myself, to take up my cross daily, and to follow Him. So we know that God's ways are not our ways. If we had to be the architects for our own salvation, we would have devised a long list of things that we must do in order to stay in God's good grace. But we have already done that. It's called religion. You see, religion is a set of man-made rules that tell us what we must do in order to get to God. But what God did through Christ was to offer us a way to come to Him freely. And all we have to do is to make Christ the Lord of our lives. It's not enough to just say that Jesus saved me. That's a start. But we have to make Jesus the center, the Lord of every part of our lives. We must deny ourselves, our very nature. 
we need to shoulder the cross of life, the burden that we bear to our deaths. And we must follow Him who gave His life for us. So I invite you today to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we hear your words across the generations and we are convicted. For too long we have lived as children of the world. Today we live as children of God. We give our lives to you. Come into our hearts, fill us with your Holy Spirit and convict us of our sin that we may completely follow you. All this we ask in the name of Christ, our Lord, our Redeemer, and our friend. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you live in the Salem County area, you can join us in person. Ebenezer United Methodist Church in Auburn holds its worship service every Sunday at 9 a.m. And Hudson United Methodist Church in Pettertown holds its worship service at 10.30. We also have Bible study during the week. And we are now in the Lenten season, and we have some exciting worship opportunities we'd like to share with you. Every Wednesday night during Lent, we will be participating in the Community Lenten Series at Union Presbyterian Church in Kearney's Point. Each Wednesday, we will gather for soup and fellowship at 6 p.m. Then at 7 p.m., we will have a short devotional based on the Psalms. And be sure to join us March 15th during our regular service as Amor Olson of Jews for Jesus presents Christ in the Passover. To see the Passover Seder presented in this way gives us fresh insight into our own tradition of Holy Communion. It promises to be an edifying and uplifting time, so come on out and join us. And if our message today has touched you in some way, won't you let us know in the comments? We hope you'll join us again for Guerrilla Christianity. God bless you.